y'all. Welcome back to Living Black Podcast with your hosts, Ari and Nayla. So we're glad to have y'all back for another episode. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about racism in America, but this is a part two. But before we dive in, let's reveal today's question of the day. Have you had an interaction with a Karen slash racist person before? This question has been posted on our Instagram story prior to the filming of this episode for listeners to give their opinions. Now we're going to have Ari and she's going to read our listeners' opinions and thoughts. Hi, y'all. So our listeners, after we posted this question of the day on our Instagram story, 67% of our listeners said yes, and 33% of our listeners said no. And be aware that most of our listeners are African-American or people of color. So that's their response to this question of the day. What's your response, Nayla? My response is I have never really had any interactions with a Karen or a racist person before. And that's honestly just because I try to keep to myself because I really don't want to have to deal with those type of people, you know. Um, But yeah, there has been a couple of times where I would like walk into a store and I would notice someone like a white person looking at me more closely than they would at others. And I just try to ignore it because I don't want that to ruin my day and anything. But yeah, that's just, that's what's happened to me. Yeah, I feel the same way about it. Um, I don't feel like being in an interaction with those kinds of people because, you know, I don't need it to go left and end up going to court. I mean, not to court, but to jail or something like that. Mm-hmm. No. And also, I've interacted with a couple of people on social media or online, but in the end, it's not like anything bad really happened because, you know, they're just not open-minded and they're not open to, like, changing their point of view and, you know, stop being disrespectful to people that just mm-hmm. look different than them. Right. But now that we've answered our question of the day, let's dive into our topics for today. So our first topic for today is Karen's in America. So I don't know if you guys have seen that video that's been spiraling all over social media about this Karen by the name of Abigail Elphick in a pink store. And surprisingly, this pink store was located inside of Short Hills Mall in New Jersey, um, XX County. So that's really not too far from where I live, actually. And it's really surprising. And the video itself, um, it shows the lady going like hysterically crazy because I believe the woman that was recording it, who was from Newark as well, she um, was just trying to like mind her business and buy something from paint. And I assume the white lady saw her, Abigail, um, she saw her and she started going hysterically crazy and you know, started attacking her, I guess, because she was in the store. And the problem with that is, why are you attacking her for coming into the store and minding her business? And and the lady that's recording, the Black lady from Newark, she's sitting there recording and, you know, she's being attacked by the white lady. And it's really, mm-hmm. like, shocking. Like, why? Yeah. And sometimes I feel like this is just one situation, but there's been many other situations like this. And I feel like they use their 
skin color as an excuse to lash out over like tiny things and they get away with those outbursts or whatever and it honestly just makes them look so crazy but they really couldn't care less which is like ridiculous and childish (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really like disrespectful and rude of them and apparently um abigail the white lady she chased um the lady that was recording, the black lady, she chased her around the store and tried to attack her twice. And what happened was that when the mall police actually arrived, they didn't do anything because they said they couldn't control her. And, you know, well, actually, it was Short Hills police, I believe. And when they arrived, they said that they needed somebody else to come here, some different type of police officers. So that's what's shocking. And the lady just wouldn't leave her alone. Yep. It is really crazy. And after that, Short Hills Mall, they released a statement on Facebook saying, we certainly take this matter very seriously. We never want a single customer to feel uncomfortable or unwelcome at the mall at Short Hills. We sincerely apologize to Mr. Kinka for her experience. And I apologize if you said her last name wrong. But mm-hmm. that's what basically took place. And she has a GoFundMe that raised more than $34,000 um, earlier in July. So we'll be able to link that in our description as well if you want to support her. Because I believe she plans to take the lady to court because, you know, she was physically attack- attacking her. And she deserves to go to court because that's not right. Yes. And we will always we will always we will also have this story linked in the description as well. Yes, so you can read up on it as well. Mm-hmm. But moving on to the next topic that we had today. Um I wanted to talk about racist company logos. So I don't know how many of you guys have Aunt Jemima serve in your pantry. Do you, do you have Aunt Jemima syrup in your pantry? Yes, I do. And I also have like the pancake mix as well. Same. I have the pancake mix, the syrup. My mother always buys both of those. <laughs> I don't know what the stereotype with that is, though, on why um, Black families like buy Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, Mrs. Butterworth, cream of wheat. I, mm-hmm. think, I think because, you know, People of our skin tone, color are on there. So it makes them think that they're representing us or they're black owned. Yeah. But this year in 2021 and previously in 2020 as well, the light of that story has really come up because Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben, Mrs. Butterworth, and Cream of Wheat, um, those companies are all not even black owned. They're owned by white people. Mm-hmm. And the logos are using black faces just to get our attention, our money, and also to place a stereotype on our people. Yep. That's, it, it's really mind blowing. But I learned about this when I went to a museum in Atlantic City called the African American Heritage Museum. So they taught me about that. And one thing about Aunt Jemima is that the picture of Aunt Jemima has actually changed over the years. First off, Aunt Jemima represents a mammy that takes care of a master's kids, and which would be white people. 
and Aunt Jemima, like, it's like a stereotype almost because, you know, back in the 1900s, Black women used, used to be mammies um, and, like, watch white people's children and take care mm-hmm. of them all the time. Yep, and maids for the house and stuff. Yes. It was kind of like a modernized version of slavery. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, as of today, they're actually changing Achamima into Pearl Milling Company because a lot of people have been putting the company under blast for using that logo still to this day after acknowledging that racism is starting to come to a slow, 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 slow end. Yes. And I find it like ridiculous and very problematic that they like still have this logo for their brand. First of all, it's white owned. So why are they using it? And second of all, they know it's, it was like the, um, they know the logo is like a racially based stereotype, stereotypical logo. So the fact that they just kept it for this long and they're only changing it because they're getting bashed because of it is like, it's honestly sad. Yeah. So Aunt Jemima was actually, the picture of Aunt Jemima um, was a former slave named Nancy Green who was hired to portray her as a mammy, like I said, um, a racist char- character, or I don't know how to say that word, that depicts female slaves as smiling, happy homemakers for white men. Mm-hmm. And then with Uncle Ben's, as you all know, it's a black man who is also known as Uncle Ben, which is also another racial stereotype. And it's basically a black Texan rice farmer. And the image of it is a black Chicago chef and a waiter named Frank Brown. So white Southerners once used uncle and aunt as names for older blacks because they refused to say Mr. and Mrs. because of the value of our skin, I guess, and how they saw us. Mm-hmm. And, and with Mrs. Butterworth, it would be the images of a loving grandmother. So all of those pictures, names, logos, etc were used as like a stereotype for our type of people because, you know, they wanted to grasp our attention. And also we were also the face of like how the country basically worked back then, honestly. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad they're actually changing some of those logos today because we don't need them. And honestly, I hope, um, more of our people decide to stop buying from that company and you know like go black home quickly mm-hmm. yeah it's good to see that there's some type of change happening very much um another topic that i wanted to talk about is the slavery um current time version of slavery or segregation um we all know that slavery like it kind of still exists but in a very very modern version so when it comes to like jobs and things like that african americans are still kind of not being paid correctly or treated correctly and in some states they just release a crown act which means that our hair like can be represented represented naturally and everything and we're not allowed to be discriminated against it, which is very good. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, with how the country works today, I still believe that slavery still exists because a lot of our people are on food stamps and um, government assistance because some companies just don't want to give us jobs and hire up jobs because of our skin tone and how they think we'll act or how we're, we'll portray the company, which is not right because we should have more black CEOs, owners and things of that sort. But white people are scared to do that because they think we're going to start running the country and they don't want that. They really don't. <laughs> because they believe that this country was started up by um, a couple of white men, which it may have been, but who held up the foundation of this country was not white people. Mm-mm, it wasn't. Yeah. And they wouldn't have no cotton if it wasn't for us. We were picking mm-hmm. their cotton, taking care of those, their children, their homes and everything while they were going around abusing other black people, getting jobs and whatever else while we were stuck to, or our ancestors were stuck to um, slave around and also just be manipulated into doing free work basically. Mm -hmm. Which is so sad because, you know, slavery, it was a really harsh time and it didn't make any sense um as to why slaves aren't being paid and you know it, it's so it's so many things that were wrong with slavery and it still is wrong yes and all of these modern day issues and incidents happening that have to do with race just go to show how this country was like built on the foundation of segregation racism and all those type of things like it just shows how from day one, they started with segregation, racism, and all these things. And it's honestly really sad that they had to do that just for their country to thrive. And I say that with quotes, thrive. Mm-hmm. It's really sad. And another thing I wanted to talk about was that George Floyd Act that we were talking about in the first racism in America. Mm-hmm. So. We're now in July, and I've heard nothing about a George Floyd act. Nothing. Yep. It seems like everything just went silent. Mm-hmm. And you know how Joe Biden said he would have it passed by the anniversary? Mm-mm. It ain't happen. Nope. And I just feel like that, you know, I'm kind of like mixed with how the presidency is going now because... Do they really care about us or are they just here to say things and not proceed with doing so? Right. Because, <clears> like, seems, mm-hmm, keep going. It seems like they always get our hopes up and they say these things just so we can vote for them. But then when it comes to actually doing the actions and what they promise, there's no real actions going on. And that's basically only for black people because we saw how they did they signed that act for the asian or was it yeah the asian population because of like all the racism they were getting i guess from covid but like where is our bill where is our bill for all the racism that we have endured for like over 400 years for years and they still haven't done anything for us and he promised many things (laughs) And literally nothing has been done. 
that. So true, because like we've been waiting for these bills to be passed for so long. And there's many other bills that need to be passed. And, you know, they've been so focused on doing other things. Although I do like what they're doing with COVID. It's just the fact that things are going way too fast with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But now we're going to move on to the next topic. Um, I wanted to talk about first, where does racism root from? And my prime answer to that is racism is only taught at home and based on like how people around the person or child acts. So first off, people are not born racist or hating each other because that that's impossible. You don't, you're not born like that. Mm-hmm. And thing about it is that a lot of um, white people, they they teach their kids to not like black people, I guess, because of stereotypes and also because they think we're dangerous to them or a harm. Mm-hmm. And we're really not because, you know, when you look back at slavery in those days, we were just mad at them for not letting us be who we truly can be and actually do good for this country instead of just picking cotton and going through a bunch of things with segregation. Yep. And these, the people that are racist nowadays, they didn't just become racist, as Ari said just now. They didn't just grow up or they grew up being in a racist household. They weren't just born racist. Like you're taught these things. So if you were grown up in a racist white household, you're most likely going to be racist. And that just that just shows how like it just shows how people want to continue on with that racism by teaching it to their kids, which I don't really understand that because don't they want to don't they want to have a better like world for their kids? Don't they want everyone to grow up being equal? I guess not, because some people still teach racism in their households, which is honestly ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And they're the same people that recite the, what is that called? I, I forgot what it's called, where it's like liberty for all or justice for all. Oh, um, the Pledge of Allegiance. Pledge of Allegiance, yes. They're the same people that recite that and don't even listen to what they're talking about at the end of the Pledge of Allegiance. Exactly. Which is why I no longer say it, even though I don't really come into contact with it anymore. It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense. Yeah, me neither. At school, when they say to stand up, I just sit down because I can't, I can't pledge to that when people don't follow what is being said. Mm-hmm. And that's taking a stand, girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and kids, they do grow up racist based on how their parents um teach them to behave in the world and treat other people and people should well parents should teach their kids otherwise and you know teach them how to respect other people because if you were to act racist and also be silly at the same time to a black person i swear to everything that if you come across the wrong black person you'll regret it till the day that you're on your deathbed because Mm -hmm. that that will stick with you forever that's so true because there's a couple of people that will go wild get on you i'm 
quite sure mm-hmm. and you wouldn't like it. Right. But the next topic that we had and the final topic that we have is toxic parenting. So do you want to start this one off? Um, sure. So for the toxic parenting, like that uh, subtopic, basically we're talking about like how it's, it kind of ties into the last topic that we were talking about of how kids grow up racist and stuff like that. The parents are teaching our kids these toxic things and or not our kids, but I mean like white people and the white parents are teaching their kids that it's like okay to use their skin color as an excuse for stuff and it's okay to be racist to black people and people that don't look like them and basically just teaching them these things that are very wrong and it roots from because they were taught that so they feel the need to teach their children that Mm -hmm. another thing is that i don't ever come across this but i don't really agree when black people like black parents they teach their kids to not associate with any white kids and i i assure that sometimes you're trying to protect them but at the same time you're rooting for the same thing that white parents shouldn't be teaching their kids because you know we're trying not to allow these kids to grow up in a racist community and it's hard to live life when you're coming across racism all the time and kids they don't understand racism as young as they can get or as young as they are Mm -hmm. so they're just going to think that the world may hate them and a whole bunch of other things and you don't want that it's really not a good life. Yeah, it's not at all. And another thing about toxic parenting is that it's kind of common in Black families to have like toxic parenting going on because of, you know, generational curses and things like that. So for example, Black mothers not showing love to their Black daughters, but doing different to their sons. That's one big thing where... Mm -hmm you know, they undervalue the daughters and make them work like, I guess, practical housemates. And, you know, as girls, we're supposed to live our lives, you know, be girls. And Mm -hmm. the the world is already hard enough for us. And for boys, they have it top level easy. Like, some of them don't have to even wash dishes. Some of them don't even have to wash their own clothes. But when you ask a Black girl that lives in a Black household, what they have to do is their chores. The list could go on for days. Mm-hmm. And it's really just shocking because, you know, boys, they get the easy upper hand. And girls, we live a harder life. And even outside of the house, some of us have to carry around self-defense items just to make sure we get home safe. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that I want to talk about for another episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be a really good topic. but is there anything else we had to add to this episode topic before we end it out for today um i think we covered a lot of different issues and i think we touched on a lot of different really good topics to talk about and i think that's all i have yeah i'm on the same page so we want to thank y'all for tuning into this episode 
And make sure y'all follow all of our socials, which will be linked in the description of this episode, as well as the GoFundMe for the lady that encountered Abigail at the pink store. And if you're able to spread the word about our GoFundMe, which is also linked on our link tree. We appreciate all the support lately and hope everything is well with everyone. But for now, bye, stay safe, and stay maxed up. Bye, y'all.